0: here this morning, for Trevor, should we open the point 24? we humble our hearts in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for a beautiful, natural morning. We thank you for this beauty and these natural blessings that you so abundantly bestow upon us. We ask that you would continue to bless us, that you would bless this natural life that we live, that we could be fed and clothed. But we ask this morning that you would be with us in spirit and that as the word says that we would seek first the kingdom of God, that you would allow us to take the time and that you would move our hearts to look into those matters that are much more important than this natural life. We ask that you would, your spirit, be in our midst, that it would lead and guide us in this service, that it would open this word to the speaker, and that would open our ears and our hearts as listeners, that we could be fed and refreshed and encouraged. We ask that you would give us wisdom, that we could walk in such a way that these little ones that are here could be led to you. And that importance of Christ and salvation should be instilled in their hearts and in their minds. We ask that you would protect them and give us wisdom to walk, that they would be encouraged to be your children all their lives. We ask that you would be with those who lead us, that you would direct them, that they would be in your will and that they would seek your guidance. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, who's taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Does someone have a song we can continue with? 243. 243.
1: looks like a full house this morning. It's nice to see everybody come out. And as I often say, we maybe don't always think of it, but we come here to worship, come here to gather together with like-minded individuals and people and family and friends, but this word is what draws us. And may it, may it always be that way. I'm going to relate a little story that happened 50 some years ago because we have been married for 50 years and, and it was before that, a couple of years, up in Yellowknife. We had a fairly disorganized household there with 18 bachelors living in the same house, and we weren't having regular services, and everybody was going their own way quite often, and so one Sunday morning, three of us put on a tape, a sermon, and sat there at the kitchen table in Gerald's house listening to that sermon sermon. And one of the young fellows said to us that the other two of us that after the sermon, after we had listened to that tape and we were talking about some of the things that were said. And this young fellow says, Well, when I left home a couple of years ago, Dad Dad and I had a quite a good talk and and of course he was being reminded by his dad that don't forget don't don't forget about the things of faith. Don't forget your Christian walk. And he had said he had answered his dad that he thinks he will forget about it for a while. There's so many problems with people and church and and uh, trying to put everything together he's he's going to he's going to kind of leave it by the wayside for for a time and his dad had answered him with words of wisdom and he said you may forget about god and i think of this song we just sang that that he wouldn't pass us by. God won't forget about us and pass us by, but his dad had told him that that you may forget about faith and God for a while, for a time, but he won't forget about you. And this young man admitted to us, and he wanted to put away some sins, and he wanted to put away that well I say lack of understanding he had been living with and make things right and come into the fold of God we blessed him with that message that his sins are forgiven this is why Jesus came this is why he died This is why he rose from the dead. He had power to do those things. And this young man was at peace. He had had confessed that he had made a bad mistake there. And he wanted to put that away and make that right. This is is the... (coughs) work of the Holy Spirit it opens up our hearts and our our mouths to 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 be able to confess that (coughs) we're far from perfect and that God is a living God and an all powerful God God's greatest desire is that all men would be saved That, that song we just sang brought that, brought that incident to my mind. And as, as I say, it's happened a long time ago. But it's, it's like it's new in my mind. For a text this morning, I'll read the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Paul speaking to the Corinthians. And I guess what it brings out is, is just that what we are and what that <coughs> what that spirit that, that spirit that guides us as we go through this life and he, and he's he's speaking of course of of his ministry and his spe- and his his speaking to others and telling them about the way of salvation so I'll read, the, I'll read the entire chapter. It's not a very long one. Second chapter of First Corinthians. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, say the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. For we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. Which things, we all, which, which things also we speak, not in the words which, man, which man's wisdom teacheth but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the, ma- but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who, who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. <coughs> greetings of grace mercy and peace from god our father and from our lord and savior jesus christ be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning now and forever amen paul speaking to the corinthians if we see chapter before this the first chapter he says for christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with the wisdom of words lest the cross of christ should be made of none effect for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us us which are saved is it is the power of god for it is written i will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent where is the wise where is the scribe where is the disputer of this world Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And I guess Paul and, and everyone, including us these days, when not, not only those, those of us that are behind this pulpit, but if we, if we just simply tell someone else, of the way of salvation we're, pre- we're preaching this word of god and it says the world by wisdom after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god they, they don't find out anything about god when when all they hear is the wisdom of this world i went to a political thing the other night and and there's good speakers and they're talking about the events of the day and the problems we're having in the country and all these things. But it still seems like it's the wisdom of this world. And we won't we don't find God there. I, I see that it's a lack and I, I see that it's as far as politics goes, it's okay and it's good. But we don't find God there. We don't find God in this in the wisdom of this world, and the in the in the wisdom it takes to to even run our natural side of this world and municipal affairs and these things like this. It says it pleased God by the <coughs> foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. A little later it says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. There's a separation there massive huge separation between God and man in that way for for ye see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called there's all all classes of people in this world and and we might say some are mightier and more noble and and wise it says they're not the ones that are called very few of them but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty the base things of the world of the world and things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. There's there's nothing in this Christian walk and this spiritual walk for our flesh, nothing. E- everything in this world, <clears throat> everything that this world has to offer, seems like it's all for the flesh. I went to visit a man here this week. I haven't seen him for years, but his son told me that he's in an old folks home in Olds there. And I went to visit him. And, and we had a, we had a, a good visit. But mostly about the things of this life. But we talked a little bit about eternity, a little bit about the things. But he's at that point, and he's, he's bright in his mind. But he's led an extremely active life in farming. And he doesn't just sit there very easily, sit around, and and that's all he's got to do. And he says, well, if I was to go to sleep and not wake up, that would be fine with me. And it opened up a little bit of an opportunity to, to speak of those things. And I hope I told them, <coughs> told them the right thing. I told them that if we can, we can believe ourselves to be sinners and if we can believe that Jesus has accomplished, well, when, when, we, when we find ourselves to be sinners, we find ourselves in debt. It's like we run up a debt, so to speak, but we find that <coughs> we can believe that Jesus came to this world to pay that debt for us. So if we believe these things, then we have nothing but good to look forward to when we leave this world. This man is in fairly good health, but he, he doesn't get out a whole lot, although he's got a daughter that lives close by. And, and I, I think his, his big trouble is that he's just not used to sitting around. Never sat around, and now there he is sitting there. And he can't—he can't work. He can't, you know. Spend a lot of time doing these kind of things that he spent his life doing. He said he believes. Pray that he would. It would be according to this word, and that he would have good to look forward to when he does leave this world. Paul, talking about his speaking. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I was looking at that just a, a few chapters down there. In 2 Corinthians, Paul had to have, a, what we might say, a lesson taught him when he talks about, and I, I hope I'm right to say that he, he's talking about himself here. He says, I knew a man about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. It's in the 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear. Lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me and Paul can only speak this because of the the experience he had when he was caught up into what we say another world or, or heavenly things and heavenly places for a short time he says he heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter and Paul gives us that he gives us that how would I say it story of of how it is that it was it was easy for him to then come to this idea that if if i just if i just didn't have these infirmities i could really i don't know how how to word it but in modern terms i could really put it out there in a powerful way this message some have <clears throat> i've i've heard some goofy things that some some say that he was he was blind or that he had a serious uh, stomach troubles or he had some physical ailment i don't believe those things i believe that he was reminded that no you're still in the flesh and the blood and you're still capable of sin you're still that way that he he complains about in romans there when he says the good that he would like to be doing he finds himself not doing and and we all know that Part of Scripture. So here, here he's he's sort of saying that if if he could just be in this state of ecstasy, it would maybe be maybe it would enhance his preaching some. That's the message I get. But he says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, these things that he saw. And that they're so powerful and so huge that he can't even speak of them. That's, that's hard for us to comprehend. But he says, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, that I should be exalted above measure. Because we're sinners and because we have a natural side to us. I'm going, to, I'm going to maybe put words in here that aren't here, but we might have this idea then that I could really put the message across. If I didn't have these natural problems and sin, if I didn't have this old man bothering me all the time, we have the battle between the old man and the new man, all of us, every day. I was, I was just to myself lamenting this morning that I, I seem to be able to go from having only thoughts that are, are of this world and, and then having heavenly thoughts and scriptural thoughts. I go back and forth half a dozen times before we come to church this morning. That's, that's the battle we have. With the gift of salvation and that message that is out there for us. We would want to be conquerors over these things. We have a desire that God would be the stronger of the forces in our lives. His word would be the strength of our lives. So he says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice. And I'm going to be so bold as to say I don't believe it was that he was blind or that he had had some health troubles or stomach troubles. But he just had this with him that we all have. We deal with our old man battling the new man all the time. In Revelations, it speaks of that, and I guess I mention it quite often that battle that took place between the devil and his angels, and Michael and his angels, and Michael and his angels prevailed. I believe that's the battle that took place when Jesus was on the cross. Men mocking him that. If you, if you are who you say you are, come down from that cross. The interesting thing is that Jesus would have had the power to do that. That was not his Father's will. His Father's will was that he was to drink of the cup of bitterness of the wrath of God. For my sin... For your sin. He drank of that cup. He drained that cup entirely. He suffered at the hands of Satan for you and I. He won that battle. The right won over the wrong in that battle. This is a message of salvation. This is such a powerful message that we don't need what Paul is, has thoughts that if he could just overcome some of these problems he's got, he would be a more powerful speaker. We don't need that. We speak of what Jesus, Jesus has done for us. He says, I was with you in weakness. And in fear and in much trembling, I believe it talks about that in that that I was just reading. He says, "For this thing, this this problem, he's he's dealing with. He says, 'I besought the Lord, besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me.'" This voice says unto him he says unto me my grace is sufficient for thee my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me therefore i take pleasure in infirmities do we understand that can we always comprehend that i take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So on one hand, he's here, here in this text that we're looking at. He's he's sort of complaining that he doesn't care for these weaknesses that he's got and these infirmities. And there, a little later, he says he takes pleasure in them. Because when we are weak, then we are strong. When we're weak in ourselves, we're strong in this Holy Spirit of God. It's his greatest greatest desire to give these things to us. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to naught. All this, all this wisdom that is of this world, and there's lots out there, and it's not, it's not all bad, but it doesn't get us to heaven. It doesn't deal with eternal things. It teaches us how to get through this life, mostly in a physical sense. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. I see this word mystery in the scriptures often, and, and every time I see it, I, I kind of wonder, what is, what is this mystery? And I, I believe there are many mysteries, but one of the greatest mysteries, I think, is that is that God has... He has a love for us that we can't understand. His love for us is such that his desire would be that all men would be saved. And, uh, and of course, the scriptures speak about the multitudes and the vast numbers of people that have walked this earth. And, and how can we comprehend a God who cares about every individual who has ever lived and who will live in this world? We can't. We can't. I can't comprehend that. that. That to me is a great mystery. And another mystery is, is simply that he, he calls on the likes of you and I, to further his word, to to tell someone else. I like. I like the place where, where Peter is speaking to that group of people, a huge, uh, a huge number of people, 3,000 or more on the day of Pentecost. And he, he tells them about, well, just about Jesus. I'll put, I'll, I'll put it that short. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God, God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which, we, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith unto him, he saith to himself, saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, sit, sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstools therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified he tells this group of 3,000 or 4,000 people God has made Jesus who you crucified both Lord and Christ he caused that he made that happen he made that happen it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They came to that understanding that, that we all come to. That my sin is to put Jesus on the cross. The old preacher, Alvin Holmgren, someone asked him one time what he has done for the Lord. And he was, he was learned in the word and, and had, we might say, eternal understanding. He says, I put him on the cross. That's all I've done. Peter tells his crowd, "Know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have, ye have crucified, both God, Lord and Christ, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's a good place to be when we ask that question. What can I do? I'm guilty. Where do we go from here? It's actually quite simple. Extremely simple. But we of our own strength cannot... Get there and reach there. It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent and believe. It's that simple. I believe this baptism he speaks of is the a, is a baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. And... John said, I, bapt- I indeed baptize with water. If there comes one after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and with power. Hearts are changed. Wills are changed when we come through that baptism. For the promises unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This This is a mystery. Another one of the mysteries as I say I believe there are many and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying save yourselves from this untoward generation and they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls they came from darkness into light from unbelief into believing this is the story that we tell this is the story that Paul is telling and he says he says in I guess in a roundabout way that I don't want any of the old man here when I tell this story but the new man would be exalted and lifted up we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory his wisdom has always been here from the very beginning. And we know that salvation was provided before the beginning. Salvation was provided before man set foot on this earth. It's in believing. We know that it wasn't till many years after this earth was formed that Jesus physically performed this work came to this world as a, as a newborn baby like all the rest of us did and, he, and we know he performed this work but in the plan the plan was there that when men, fa- men were put on this earth and fell into sin the way of salvation was already there if we can only believe it We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. We have have wise people all over the face of the earth. says they don't know this. Unless they're a living child of God who have come through the work of salvation, they don't know this. They can have unlimited wisdom, and they don't know this, and they won't see it. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It was the wisdom of this world, and the wisdom of, sadly, the Jewish church. Hierarchy. Besides the Roman soldiers, they were all in the same category. They didn't know what they were doing. As we see when Jesus was on the cross, there's another mystery. These people nailing to the cross, standing their cross up and Jesus saying, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We know that this all had to happen. But Jesus had a love even for those soldiers and those scribes and Pharisees that, that uh, subscribed, what I say, to his death. Little did they know they weren't getting rid of him like they thought they were. The, the uh, hi- history tells us that this putting people on the cross was... And and we don't have to go to history, but it was a horrible way to go. But it was one of the favorite ways that the Romans punished criminals. Terrible way to go. Jesus, going through that, cries out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If they had known him, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared, prepared for them that love him. I guess that's another another mystery is how how these things can be laid out before men. You might say in black and white and they can't see it. They won't see it. The heart has to be changed. And then God opens His sings to each one of us. It hasn't entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared, prepared for them that love him. But it says the next verse here. I like this verse. It's a favorite of mine. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. The word tells us that his spirit answers with our spirit that we're the children of God. There are understandings and faith in this world where, where people just hope that they're saved. And I could say, I hope they are too. But this word tells us that we can know the spirit of God and the spirit that God has given us, the Holy Spirit. Answer that they are one and the same. So the princes of this world don't know, but it says, "But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit these things." Do we do we do we experience what Paul experienced that he maybe temporar, temporarily saw? beauty of heaven and other people have seen things like this too no I, I never have but we get a glimpse in this world occasionally of the size of God and the power of God and just who he is and what he is and what he means to me as an individual For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So, that that I read in, in Acts, it says that Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When that is a part of our hearts and lives, we're then an enlightened creature, enlightened being, says that people that are of this world, they won't know God. But the spirit which is of God, that which we that which we might that we might know the things that are freely given us, given to us of God. Which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We speak a different language. Not not of our own intellect but God has entered into the hearts of, of mankind as it says there in Acts that these people gladly received this word they didn't rebel at it they didn't say "Well, oh, there must be some other way I don't have to repent of my sin there's some other way I can get in no it says they just gladly received the words Peter and these other apostles, disciples were speaking. But the natural man receiveth not the spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. I read that. We preach first chapter. We preach Christ crucified under the Jews, a stumbling block. Jesus is a stumbling block. The crucified Lord Jesus is a stumbling block. We stumble and we we stall there, and we don't, we can't move on. And under the Greeks' foolishness, different ones he's mentioning here that they don't, they don't get it. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. I read this before. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Discernment is is that ability to separate the right from the wrong. Judgment. The next verse, it talks about judgment. That's that's what that is. That we would have discernment to know right from wrong. And we might casually give it the thought that everybody knows right from wrong. We see that it's not that way. Even in the, in the highest intellectual circles in this world. So many people don't know right from wrong. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. This, this, this word judge is talking about knowing right from wrong we are given that we can look at it and and I'm not saying we're always perfect and I'm sure we all know that we might glance at something and make a call on it and and be wrong but if we put thought into it if we put prayer into it if we go to this word for answers we will separate right from wrong All all the things that we come across in life there's a right side and there's a wrong side and we have to make a call on these things. He that is spiritual, God has given us the Holy Spirit, it says. It says we can judge all things. We can, we can look at things and we can study things and we can come up with what is right and what is wrong. In, in every situation, we can be thankful for that. God is guiding. For who who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? We always take instruction from this word. We don't don't give God any instruction. But it says here that we have the mind of Christ. And there is this thought that if if people come up with with any kind of a judgment or call on something, that we're always going the wrong way and we always judge by the sight of the eyes or the hearing of the word, the uh, ears and I realize that's possible that we can go that way but if we're in the right spirit it says here we have the mind of Christ those things that he gives us and provides us will be the right things in Jesus name, Amen
0: We have a song with you, Virginia. 98. There's communion, and just a reminder we decided in confidence of this, a big issues today because there's lots of people here, but we'll, we'll sing during the communion. 98. Let us pray with and for them who now will partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, Thou Bread of Life, grant that Thy Holy Communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of Thy body and blood they may receive peace and comfort to their souls, and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly, it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto Thee, O Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples, saying, Take heed, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the new testament to my blood. This do ye as often ye drink it in remembrance of me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and which was and which is to come. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us all pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us saying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day of our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the, Lord, the this kingdom,
2: the power, and the glory,
0: forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you.
2: We'll see one twenty five. is suffering
1: his death and his glorious resurrection until he cometh again. arise and depart and of the Lord.
2: Jesus
0: Christ,
1: preserve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for His gracious gift of which you have partaken. So Stand in of and proclaim His suffering, His death, His glorious resurrection, and cometh again. Arise and depart in the peace of the Lord.
0: Us through this salutary gift, if we beseech thee that thou of thy mercy would strengthen us through this communion of faith towards thee and in fervent love towards one another through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Humble your hearts before God and receive the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord direct his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I guess what I hear this potluck for those who are here. join us for that. Um, is anyone able to have Bible study coming Thursday evening? Yeah. The Bible study will be at Yale 30 at 7.30 um, uh, my, It seems like there's
2: something else that you
0: can share like with After five months we're going to leave the tables up here Actually, like we usually set the tables up like this but we the, put them in rows this way because generally there's going to be a pancake supper and so we'll just the tables up when we done. so actually maybe I'll say grace and then we'll, someone has a song. Our dear heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you for this natural food that you bless us so abundantly with. We ask that you bless it and bless those that have prepared it. We ask these things to do. Have we seen the last verse? One seven.
2: Seven. So the, one,
0: the last verse of 147. The last verse of 147. Do you want to yeah. us along?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is all right. Next one. Yeah. yeah.